While you're steady running away from something, not only are you ridding yourself of what God has for you, you're also ridding an opportunity, a chance for betterment for others as well. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. Looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? episode of the glory in our stories i am your host calvin wayne pennywell jr on this episode we will be talking about running out of time running out of time um i thought i would just go ahead and start recording this particular episode because i had just got off the phone with my mom and i was discussing this as this aspect in relation to uh moving forward in my life i know that i am notorious for um at least for myself Notorious from running away from what God has for me. And um, we all do it, you know, in our own uh, particular way. Um, if we're called to, you know, to a certain relationship, if we're called to a certain career, if we're called to move somewhere um, for the sake of being present for something obviously much bigger than yourself, we get that initial scare. And the question is, how? How am I going to survive? How am I going to make money? How am I going to manage? We, 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 we concentrate on what we're losing opposed to what we're gaining. So I wanted to focus on this, the concept of running out of time, um, because not all of us are guaranteed the next minute, the next hour, the next day. And there's no telling how long we're going to be here um, on earth, how long we're going to be alive. So for us to think that we have all the time in the world, that is inaccurate. <laughs> Even if you are as healthy as you want to be, um, if it's time for you to go, if, if God said you have completed your mission, um, and that's it. So um, that's something that we have to keep in mind no matter how young or how how old we are you know many of us may probably live long enough to be only eight years old or maybe 97 or 106 we don't know and it's easy to tell someone to live every day as if you're last um, but just being reminded that we we're here on an on an assignment is something that we have to remember so but I wanted to I wanted to read a scripture passage. Um, I wanted to basically focus on one character, and this character's name is Jonah. 
Um, for a lot of us, we're familiar with Jonah, Jonah and the whale. You know, Jonah gets swallowed up in the whale and he gets spit back out. And um, but I do wonder if a lot of us are familiar, familiar with why Jonah um, had to undergo his experience from the from from the beginning. God had came to him and asked him to do something. And Jonah was like, nah, bro, I ain't doing that. So that that started Jonah's um, process of evolving. <laughs> and a lot of times God will put us in positions where we're cornered and we have to make up our make up our mind. But the funny thing about that is God knows exactly how to corner us to change our minds. Um, because he created us. So he knows our pet peeves. He knows our fears and our concerns. He also knows what it takes to bring the best out of us. So I'm going to read uh, Jonah 1. It's not that long, but I just wanted to give you a, some backstory as to what happened to Jonah. All right. And this is Jonah uh, chapter 1. This is obviously in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the title of this first section is Jonah flees from the Lord it says verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. I'm pretty certain I mispronounced that, but I apologize saying, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Jonah, however, got up to flee to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship bound for Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went abroad and went aboard to sail for Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. The next section is titled The Great Storm. Then the Lord then the Lord the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship was in danger of breaking apart. The sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Now, at this point, Jonah is running away from God. He's on a ship with other sailors who are just going crazy. But this guy is taking a nap. A long nap. Uh, it says the captain approached him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call upon your God. Perhaps this God will consider us so that we may not perish. Come, said the sailors to one another. Let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity that is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Tell us now, they demanded, who is to blame for this calamity that is upon us? What is your occupation and where have you come from? What is your country and who are your people? I am a Hebrew, replied Jonah. I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, what have you done? The men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So <laughs> he had already told them, hey, you know, I was told to do something. I'm not. So I'm going in the opposite direction. Next section, it says Jonah cast into the sea. Now the sea was growing worse and worse. So they said to Jonah, what must we do to you to calm this sea for us? Pick me up, he answered, and cast me into the sea, so it may quiet down for you, for I know that I am to blame for this violent storm that has come up upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, 
but they could not for the sea was raging against them more and more. So they cried out to the Lord, please, O Lord, do not let us perish on account on account of this man's life. Do not change charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done us done as you pleased. As at this, they picked up Jonah and cast them into the sea and the raging sea grew calm. Then the men feared the Lord greatly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord had appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. Now, apparently Jonah too is this prayer that he gave God. And uh, Jonah three is, or the title of it is, the Ninevites repent, just to give you, a, it's for, uh, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. All I'm gonna do is read you verse one, two, and three of Jonah three. Now, again, we skip Jonah two because that's his prayer to God. And if you want more detail and to read a lot more and read the context of the situation, I suggest you read one, two, and three at this point. And again, of course, it goes to uh, Jonah uh, four, um, Jonah one and Jonah four, but we're just concentrating on Jonah one and Jonah three. Now, taking in everything I just read, I want you to notice this transformation, this difference between Jonah 1 and Jonah 3. Again, this is a Jonah 3 verses 1 through 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I give you. This time, Jonah got up and went to Nineveh in accordance with the word of the Lord. <laughs> so you see that difference and let's go all the way back to the first few verses in Jonah 1 now the word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittai saying get up go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me notice the difference no, I'm sorry notice the similarities between Jonah 1 chapter you know Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 and Jonah 3 verse 1 God literally said almost verbatim the same thing. God does not have to raise his voice. He does not have to change his terminology to fit your pleasing, to fit your desire. He just repeated himself. So you all remember when your parents say, yo, go clean your room and you don't move. Then all of a sudden your parent comes in there, whack, whip, whoop. You done got whipped <laughs> with the belt. <laughs> it's not funny, but your parents, your parent comes in there and you get up and you're crying and you're sniffling. And then your parent looks at you and say, go clean your room. They didn't raise their voice. It was at the same level as it was before. The only difference was the in-between. The first time your parent told you to clean your room and the second time they told you. And you know that based off what happened between those two requests, that it's probably only going to get worse if you don't do what your parents ask you. So I wanted to use this example because there are a lot of instances in our lives where God comes to us and he says, I want you to do this. And he doesn't provide a lot of details. He just says, go. And then we're like, well, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to go over here. Now, while you're taking your detour, 
and while you're getting mixed, you're mixing yourself in other people's situations and other people's lives, you also affecting their livelihood. Now, going back to the sailors that were on the boat, they're like, man, what's what's causing all this issue? We, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And then they turn to to Jonah and like, yo, what's what's going on? Is Are you to blame for this? And it's funny how because of Jonah's disobedience, they saw reverence in God. So even in the midst of somebody doing what what they should not be doing and not doing what they should, people are able, still able to see how powerful God is because as soon as they tossed him over, the sea calmed. And even Jonah told them, I worship, I pray to the God of the, the of the of the earth and of the sea, of land and sea. And they are in the sea, and the sea is in chaos. And Jonah told them that they were running that he was running away for something that he was called to do. So they just put two and two together, and plus they see the evidence of Jonah's God. So a lot of us are going to find ourselves doing what we want because it's comfortable. Jonah was comfortable. Jonah was so comfortable that he was at the bottom of the boat in a deep sleep while everyone else is suffering. And that's what happens when we get comfortable. We only look out for ourselves. We only concerned about how the situation is affecting us when in actuality for everyone else surrounding us is complete chaos as a husband I'm learning that I just can't do what I want to do all the time because if I did the weight distribution of our marriage ends up being on my wife this marriage is built for two people but if one is refusing to carry the weight that puts the weight on the other person and while that person is in, in a comfortable position, the other person isn't. And they're struggling. Because you chose to not do what you were called to do. There's a responsibility that I have to feel as a husband. And if I don't pull my weight, all that's going to be put on the back of my wife. And she doesn't deserve that. She doesn't deserve that at all. So, um, Jonah is the one biblical character that I, that I, um, relate to the most because for a long time I could hear God telling me, this is what I want you to do, or this is the direction that I want you to go. And I said, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. And I kid you not. I took a complete circle. I'm back to where God has is, a, is addressing what he wants done through me. And all I can say is, I will go. I will go. Because that, that, that travel time, the time that I've accumulated within that space, I have done harm to me and everyone else around me. 
I've done enough harm to notice. I've done enough harm to say, hey, I need to do something about this because the people around me don't deserve this. The sailors didn't deserve to be caught up in such a dangerous storm because Jonah decided not to go when God asked them to. A lot of us are in, in positions where we're okay with not giving our all. We're okay with just doing a bare minimum. We're okay with saying no to this and saying yes to that. Not completely aware of the effect that it's having on the people that we love, people that we are concerned about, and even perfect strangers. It's amazing how selfish we can be, how, how much we feed into our selfishness. I mean, it's typical for a human being to be selfish, specifically if you've gone a long time without getting what you want and you finally have access to it, only to find out that what you have access to, you have to share. Yo, I get it. I do. I get it. Then again, there's other people. There's the, the other side where a lot of us have been spoiled. And we finally are put in the position where not only do we have to share, we have to give up what we have. I'm like, no. But we're constantly reminded that our blessings are not just for us. They're not just for us, they're for others. They're for other people that come our way. Whether we want to see it that way or not, we're responsible for other people. As a husband, I'm responsible for my wife and I'm responsible for the family that comes after us. But at the same time, God said, I don't have to do this by myself. If you think about when God approached Jonah, when God approaches you saying that this is what you should do, that means he knows that you're capable of doing it because if he, if you were not, he wouldn't have approached you. Plus he made you. So everything that you need to complete your task is in you. And if there's something that you don't have, he will give it. He will equip it when necessary. And that's the conclusion that I myself had to come to. Everything that I lack, where I end, he begins. Where Jonah ends, God begins. Like literally, where Jonah says, yo, I'm stopping here. And God says, yo, okay, we'll see about that. And then God comes right back and say, all right, Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, I sure will. Go ahead and... Give me the next plane ticket. I don't care how many connections I have to make. I am ready. <laughs> and I think that's where God wants us to be is when he's like, yo, I just want to I just want to do your will because that's what we were created to do. Before sin entered in Genesis, it was just God and man and woman. There was vegetation. There was uh, wildlife. Everything Adam and Eve needed was right there. That's it. There was direct connection. And that's all we needed. That's all we needed. So everything we need is in God's presence. 
But when we get distracted, when we get so caught up in what we want, and we get so caught, caught we get so so chained and so connected with our own ideas and perceptions, we are, we overlook the chain reaction and how much it affects everyone else. Like what we do isn't just about us. Jonah's decision to not do what God wanted him to do wasn't just about him. It had a lot to do with the livelihood of not just the sailors, but the people in Nineveh. The people in Nineveh needed whatever Jonah was about to give. And not just what Jonah was about to give, but what God was about to give through Jonah. God said, Jonah, I want you to do this. Not that I need you to do this. I want you. Because there's something about you that these people need to see. These people need to receive. So, um, this isn't a long episode. I, I, I encourage you to read more about Jonah. I know this, we're all familiar with the typical uh, Bible, Bible characters. Um, but the, when I read about Jonah, I was like, man, that's me. That's, that's, that's how I've been my entire life. But one thing that we also have to do is that we have to forgive ourselves for saying no. Forgive ourselves for turning our heads to God. Just forgive ourselves. If you're still alive and you're still breathing and you made a choice years ago that you, you still regret, just forgive yourself because you can't go back. You're not Marty McFly. I'm not Doc Brown. We don't have a DeLorean. We can't, we can't fix it. But what we can do is forgive ourselves now, have grace for ourselves. If God has grace for us, why not do the same for yourself? So I hope this helped you in any way. Um, when you feel and you hear that calling, as scared as you are, just go. Just go through. I don't like going to doctor's offices. I don't. I hate it because you don't know what they're going to tell you. <laughs> and it's not like you're a Buick or a Cadillac that they're like, oh, all you have to do is just change this. No, you just don't know. You're not a car. You're a human being with a soul and a spirit. And sometimes the news that you receive affects your spirit. But you have to go through it. You have to take care of yourself as much as you can. You have to get to the other side. Because on the other side is, is everything you've ever wanted. And everything you never thought you did. So, um, again, and, and when, when, you, when that calling comes, and it's going to be difficult. If you live, if you live long enough to come back to it, give it a try. Give it a try. Thank you for listening to uh, the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories. I'm your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. 
Um, title of this episode is Running Out of Time. So before you leave, I just wanted to mention my sophomore chapbook, which is a sequel to Resignation that came out last year, titled Side B. Side B will be available on 11-26-21. That's November the 26th, 2021. It is a sequel to Resignation. Um, just like a mixtape, you put all your the best, stuff on, best material on the first side and then you fit everything else on the second, but it doesn't make it less significant. So check that out. Um, look out for updates on Instagram and Facebook. And um, yeah, thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Glory Not Stories. Thank you.